Well, we're so glad you are joining in with us today at all of our campuses. To those of you guys out at our Ashley Park campus at the theater, we're excited that you're here with us. And for those of you joining us online, welcome. We're so glad you joined in. And today, I'm going to start off my talk a little bit differently than what we normally do. Uh, here's what I want to do. I want to give you a question for you to discuss, and then I'm going to give you about 30 seconds. And I want you to turn to somebody who's near you and discuss your answer to this question. And if, if that makes you uncomfortable and you don't want to do this, certainly you don't have to participate in this, but I hope you will because this question is going to set us up for the topic that we're going to talk about today and so sort of get the conversation started. So let me give you the question and then I'll give you some time to talk about it. Here's your question. What causes all the fights, the quarrels, and the disagreements that you have in your life. In other words, when you argue with the people around you and you have disagreements and things like that, you just can't get along with certain people, what's the source of that? What causes all of that? We'll discuss that for 30 seconds. You ready? Go. All right, well, for those of you that participated, thanks for joining in, and maybe you just kind of sat and pondered on that a little bit. That's okay. Or maybe, you know, you met somebody near you, and uh, maybe uh, you, you made a new friend. I don't know. But anyway, thanks for those of you who participated in that. And if you're keeping track with us in this series or you paid attention to the video that we just played, you know that we're sort of journeying this summer through a book in the Bible known as the book of James. And today we find ourselves in chapter 4 and we're going to start right off with the first verse. Here's what James says in the first verse of chapter 4. He says, what causes fights and quarrels among you? Now that sounds familiar. That's our question, right? That's the question we just uh, discussed. And he's going to give us his answer. James, this biblical writer who's the brother of Jesus, so he's an authority on this kind of thing, he's going to address this. But before we get to the answer and we start getting into this, uh, I want you to think about your answer for just a second. Now, your answer that you gave to this question is probably a lot like, well, my answer. Normally, when we sit and think about the source of our fights, our arguments, and our disagreements with, with people... Most of the time, what we do is, well, we point to a person or we point to a circumstance that's gone on around us that's caused all the conflict. And we come up with statements like this. We say, well, we're in an argument because, well, he lied to me. Uh, we're, in, we're in conflict because she betrayed me and she said she would and she didn't. Or we're in conflict because those people, they hurt my feelings. They said things and they did things. Or, or he stresses me out. And she just makes me so angry or something like that, right? And what James is about to say to us is, is this. He says, hey, can, can we just for a second take all of that stuff, which is legitimate, can we set it to the side for a minute? Can we forget about the people? Can we forget about the circumstances for just a second? And can we go a little bit deeper? Can we go deeper down to the root cause, the root source of the conflict in your life? 
Now, before we get to that, I want to say something else. If this teaching that James is about to offer us about this topic, if you'll lean into it, if you'll embrace it, and you'll really give yourself to it and put it into practice, I think this could be a literal game changer in your relational world. I think this could change a marriage, could change a family, could change a workplace, it could change the friendships that you have. If you'll just lean into this and give yourself to it, if you embrace this, this will help save you from doing what we just talked about, pointing at people and blaming everything and everybody in your relational world for whatever unhappiness or discontentment you feel. And the good news is you won't feel like you're a victim in those conflicts anymore. And and, and again, that's good news for you, isn't it? You don't need to feel stuck or trapped anymore because of what other people say to you or what other people do to you. But I would say it's also good news for the people around you in your life. Because see, like it or not, and we all have this, there are some people in your world and some people in my world who we have made to feel responsible for our unhappiness or our discontentment. The people that we have conflict with, that we get frustrated with, we've, in some instances, taken a burden and we've placed a weight on their shoulders and they feel like they are the reason why we're so unhappy and why we're so frustrated. And they feel that weight. And they run around with thoughts in their head like this. Well, I just can't ever seem to make her happy. I just can't ever seem to stay out of an argument with her. Nothing ever seems to be good enough for him. And they carry that weight. And this idea that we're going to learn today can relieve them of that responsibility that they feel for you. It's like taking a weight off of their shoulders, and that's good news for them. So here's what James says. He starts with the question, what causes those fights and those quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? Now notice he's contrasting two things here. He says, there are these fights and quarrels among you between you and other people. He says, but they come from this battle that's going on within you. So we've got among versus within, right? Among you versus within you. He says the reason you're having fights with people out here is because you've got a battle going on in here. And the battle going on inside of you, it's this fight that you can't contain. And what winds up happening is that battle spills out of you onto the people and the relationships and the circumstances in your life. You've said this before, and you know this is true. You ever heard this phrase? You wind up hurting the ones you love the most, or you wind up hurting the people who are the closest to you. This is why. And you know this is true. I mean, we've all said that before, right? Now, let me tell you why it is that we don't like to talk about conflict this way and why this is, this is going to be a little bit uncomfortable for most of us here today. Because when someone hurts me, when someone does me wrong, when somebody makes me mad... Isn't there this thing in you, I know it's in me, there's this thing inside of you that wants other people to be mad at them too? Isn't that true? You ever notice that? And you go around and you, and you go to other people and you tell them your, your story and you build the case against the other person and those people get on your side and they say, oh, you're right, that's so wrong and they should have never done that. And we get people to agree with me and come on to my side. But see, the moment that I change and I look inside of me, I look inward, That's the moment I start to have to take responsibility for the conflict. And whenever I do that, I lose my story. I lose the ability to point fingers at somebody else. I I lose the ability to paint them as the villain and paint me 
as a victim. I lose leverage. I lose sympathy. And let's just face it, I just feel like I lose in that scenario. And see, what James says is, come on, let's do something different. Let's get past all of that. Let's, Let's get real for a minute. Those conflicts going on between you and other people, it really starts with a conflict that goes on on the inside of you, and it just comes out. You can't contain it. And I know you don't like talking about it like this, because if you do it that way, it's no longer their fault, and now you've got responsibility. See, now if I look inwardly, I've got to work on something. Now I I have to go talk to them. I can't go talk to those other people, right, about them. I've got to go talk to them. And I don't want to do that. I'd rather be a victim. I'd rather have the ability to tell my sad story. Now, if I hadn't said this already, let me go ahead and admit it. This is tough. This is not what you got out of bed on a Sunday morning to come to church to hear. I know that. Because this is tough for me, too. I mean, James is like punching me right square in the nose. Maybe you feel the same way. I feel it. But he goes on. He says, Look, what causes those fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from the desires that battle within you? And then here's what he says. He says, verse 2, you desire, but you do not have. In other words, he says, you wanted something, and you just didn't get it. And now you're mad. Now you're frustrated. Now you're hurt because you didn't get something that you wanted. And listen, I know that the thing you didn't get is something you probably deserve. I get that it's something that you, you're owed or, or it's a good thing that, that you ought to be able to expect from another person. Okay, that's fine. But can we, can we just get past that for a second and just admit this? At the root of the conflict, it's still something you wanted and it's something you didn't get. And that's why you're so mad. James says, you want to know, if you're angry at somebody, you want to know why you're angry. If you're depressed about a circumstance, you want to know why you're depressed? If you push past all those stories that you have about what he did or she did or he didn't do or she didn't do, at the root of it, that's the source of all of it, it really does come down to this, and it really is this simple. You wanted something, you didn't get it, you expected something, and it never happened. He promised me forever. Now he's gone. (laughs) I worked my tail off. And I still didn't get the grade. I still didn't get the promotion. I didn't get the job. I didn't get the recognition for all of my hard work. I deserve to be able to tuck my kids in to bed at night. And now I can't. I deserve. I ought to have a relationship with my grandchildren. And now I don't. I mean, I know. There are a lot of people, and there's a lot of circumstances that we can point to and we can blame for all of this the stuff that's going on. But at the root of that conflict is that battle inside of you. And the reason this is so important is this. If you're ever going to move past it, if you're ever going to heal from it, from all that conflict, then you've got to do the work internally. If you're ever going to get through it, you've got... See, you're never going to get through this if you fight battles out here. The only way you're ever going to get through it is by fighting the battle that's in here. And that's why James says, come on, let's grow up, let's be mature, let's get to the root of this, and let's tackle it. All this relational conflict, it all comes down to you wanted something, you didn't get it. So let's start there, and let's get some real work done. Now, 
if you're still a little bit skeptical about all this and you're still not buying into it, let me put it this way. Isn't this something that we see clearly when it's our children? Or even if you don't have kids yet, you see this clearly in kids, right? I mean, when, when a child is arguing with a sibling about who gets to sit up front or who got more cookies or she got to go to bed or, or she, she gets to stay up and I have to go to bed early, right? We all see that clearly. We look at our children and we go, well, it's not about the circumstance. It's because she didn't get what she wanted. She didn't get her way, and that's why there's conflict. That's why she's mad. In fact, I, I'll just go ahead and say this. If, if your child, your young kid came up to you this week and said something like this, you'd pass out. They said, look, Mom, Dad, I'm really angry. I'm frustrated right now, but I just need to know. I've recognized that the problem, it's not you, and it's not her, it's not him. It, the problem really is me. And there's a battle going on inside of me, and I'm not getting everything that I want in this circumstance. So I'm going to go over here in the corner and I'm going to work through that. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you, you'd fall out, right? But why does it surprise us when our Heavenly Father, if we see this so clearly in our children, why does it surprise us that our Heavenly Father comes to us and says, hey, come on, let's grow up. Let's handle this like adults. Let's get to the root of it. You wanted something. You didn't get it. And then James goes on. And in verse 2, he's going to talk to us about what it is that we do when we don't get what we want. He says, you desire, but you do not have. So you kill, you covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and you fight. Now, I know that sounds kind of extreme, but let's, let's unpack it for a minute. James is not suggesting that we've literally gone out and killed people to get the things that we want, right? But I want you to think about it this way. Think about all the arguments you have had before. Think about all the words that you have said in anger or in frustration that you can't take back. Think about the damage that we have done to the people that we love because you got hurt or you got angry. See, I bet in, in those ways you've killed some people or relationships, metaphorically, right? I've done that. And then he says, you kill and you covet. Now that word covet, it's a really interesting word. There's, there's actually two words in the original language that we translate covet. There's one that's used pretty often, and it just means to want something really strongly, to just be jealous and, and to really strongly internally want something. And then there's another word for covet, and it's really rarely ever used. But this is the rare one. And here's what it means exactly. It means to hotly pursue something and to go after it outwardly, not just to want it internally. See, in essence, James is saying this. He's saying, look, you've shouted You've argued, you've insulted, you've gossiped, and you've manipulated. And haven't we all? He says, we've gone after all the things that we want as hard as we could, and we didn't give any regard to the people or, 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 or the, the circumstances around us. We didn't care who got in the way. And at the end of the day, here's the, here's the kicker. You still didn't get what you want, and you still wound up frustrated. And you're not going to speak to her ever again now. You wish you'd never been married. You're looking for a brand new job. I'm just going to change churches. And James says, come on, be honest, and let's call it what it is. You didn't get what you wanted. You didn't get your way. And, and we don't like to look at it that way. And I'll tell you why. Because it makes us feel so childish. I mean, it makes me feel that way. But isn't that really what it comes down to? That's really the deal, isn't it? And I just want to keep saying this to make sure you hear me say this. I'm not just preaching to you. I'm preaching to me on this one. This is 
all of us. And I'll tell you why it's all of us. Because, see, as human beings, we have this thing called the self. <laughs> and, and, and here's the thing about yourself and myself is the self wants some stuff. And there's no, no getting around that. The self just wants some things. And, and we think, we get in this mindset, we think, well, if I just keep giving self what self wants, then eventually self will stop wanting things. But that's not how it works, is it? You know as well as I do. It never works out that way. Because we all have these appetites, right? We have physical appetites. We have attention appetites. We have money appetites and professional and affection appetites. And you just name them all. We've got appetites. And what we think is, if I feed my appetite, if I get what I want, one day I'll be able to satisfy my appetite. And what we don't realize is, when you feed an appetite, the appetite doesn't go away. It just grows. That's why it's called an appetite. Because every time you feed it, it increases its capacity and it just wants more and more and more and more. See, this is why you've never pulled away from the dinner table, finished a meal, and said to yourself, that was the greatest meal I have ever had. I don't think I'm ever going to need another one. You've never opened up your paycheck and said, that's the biggest paycheck I've ever seen in my life before. I've never been paid this much before. I don't think I'm ever going to need another one of those. That sex was so good, I'm done with sex. Now, we laugh at that, but isn't it true? We've never said that. I love the way author C.S. Lewis puts it. He says this. He says, a glutton thinks about food just as much as someone who's starving. Now, think about that for a second. A glutton thinks about food just as much as the person who's starving. In other words, he says, it's not about how much you have, and it's not about how little you have. Your appetite will always want more. And so what that means is, and what James is trying to get us to understand is this. No matter how much you scratch and claw and manipulate and work and can convince and all the things that we end up doing, at the end of the day, you're still never going to have everything you want. Which means you're still going to wind up fighting and arguing and quarreling with other people and pointing at them and blaming them for all your unhappiness and all your discontentment. And what it really comes down to, what it really comes down to is this. All of us are going through life trying to squeeze our happiness and squeeze our contentment out of the people and the environments that we find ourselves in. Like, for instance, we stand up at our wedding. We look into the eyes of this beautiful person that we love so much. And we say, not, not out loud, but we say to ourselves, there it is. All my love and all my happiness and all of my contentment for the rest of my life. And we walk away from the wedding and we start squeezing till we squeeze the life out of that person. We're, we stand in the hospital and we hold those little bundles. And remember what we, we called that little bundle? That bundle of joy, my pride. This is all my pride. This is all my joy. That's what we say about this little child, this little life. All my pride and all my joy. And then we squeeze that little one to get all the pride and joy we can out of that little life. We go out and we get more and more money. We get the better job and we get the, the cars and all the toys and all the stuff and we squeeze all that happiness that we can out of all that stuff. 
And we just squeeze and we squeeze until we just can't squeeze anymore. And, and, and eventually, when we can't squeeze any more out of our husband, we can't squeeze any more out of our wife, and when that kid just won't cooperate and she didn't turn out like I'd hoped she would, and when all the stuff wears out and breaks down and gets old and there's nothing else left to squeeze out of it, what do we do? We stand back and we point at all of those things and we say, see, that's why I'm not happy. It's because of you. It's because my job or my family or my finances. I mean, what's wrong with all of you people? What's wrong with all of this stuff? Why aren't you giving me what I want? I must need another job. I must need another family. I must need another spouse. See, that's why we fight. That's why we argue. That's the source of all that conflict that's in you. We're just trying to squeeze it out of each other. And the problem is that we can never squeeze enough without hurting or even destroying the people and the circumstances closest to us. So let me just ask you a question. I know this is a really hard question. It's a hard one for me too. You don't have to look around or talk. Just sit and listen and think. Is there someone in your life right now and you're squeezing them and you're squeezing hard to get all the happiness and contentment you can out of that person? Or is there a thing that you're squeezing? And is that person feeling responsible for your discontentment and your unhappiness? Maybe it's your husband or a wife or maybe it is a child or a friend of yours or an another family member. Maybe it's a, it's a boss or a coworker. And down deep, are you blaming them for the dissatisfaction that you're feeling in life right now? And would you be able to do this? And would you just have the guts to do this? And I know this is hard, but would you just have the guts to, at some point, say to them, maybe fire off an email or, or, or send a note or, or a text, or maybe look them in the eye and say, look, I know we've had some conflict and frustration between us, but... I just want you to know, I recognize that the problem is not all about you. That, that, that the problem is that I'm fighting this internal battle and I can't contain it and it's spilled out onto our relationship. And the truth is, I just, I don't get everything that I want and everything that I need from this relationship. And I know I blamed you for that. And I just want you to know, I'm going to own my part. I'm going to take responsibility for my happiness instead of putting it all on your shoulders. Can you imagine what that conversation would do to change a relationship? I mean, that could change your marriage. That can change your relationship with your kid. It can change your workplace. It could change a friendship. And now James is, is going to move on. And he's about to offer us a solution. He's going to give us a new thought. He says, you don't have what you want. So you're winding up squeezing it out of people and out of circumstances. And that makes you fight and argue about it. So he says, here's a new thought. He says, you do not have because you do not ask God. Now, that sounds insulting, doesn't it? I mean, it's, it's like, oh, that's the over-spiritual answer. And I know you, you should have known that already. I get that. It's God. Okay. But, but he says, hey, look, the things you didn't get, those things that you're so disappointed about, the things that caused you that anger and that strife and that internal conflict, he says, here's an idea. Have you ever thought about asking God for those things? Have you, have you thought about coming to your heavenly father? You ever thought about saying, God, look, I thought marriage was going to be everything, but it, it, it turned out not to be, and I'm squeezing my spouse, and God, can you help me with that? 
God, I, I go to work and I, and I hate my job. Most days I can't stand it, but could you help me in that area? God, I'm disappointed at where my life has ended up. It's not what I dreamed of. Can you help me with that? Instead of getting frustrated with the people or the circumstances that are around you and squeezing all that happiness out of them, James says, how about you squeeze on God a little bit? How about go to him for, for a change? See, here's the problem. A lot of us have gotten really good at squeezing the people and the circumstances to get all of our happiness and contentment. Many of us have gotten really good at it, and it's gotten us really far in life. But even if you've gotten good at it, and even if so far you haven't felt what I'm talking about, come on, be honest. You always come up a little bit short. It's never quite everything that you'd hoped and dreamed, is it? All of us wind up just a little bit short. We get frustrated. And James says, okay, how about a new game plan? How about we go to the source? Instead of using that ability or that charisma or that charm that you have to get everything you want out of everybody else, how about going to another source? And, and he says, why don't, why don't we go to the source of it all? In fact, he says this in another place in his book. You may remember this when we looked at chapter one. He says, every good and perfect gift is from above coming down from the Father of heavenly light. Now look at that again. How many good perfect gifts? Which perfect gifts come from God? Every. Uh, that means all, right? He says, look, all of us, me included, who've gotten really good at squeezing the life out of everything and everybody else, all of us who wind up aggravated at people and circumstances that didn't give us what we needed or what we wanted, and we wound up arguing and in conflict and fighting with them. He says, you want, you want to know what the problem is? You went to the wrong source. You were drawn from the wrong well. Because everything you're looking for, everything you need, and ultimately everything you want, ultimately comes from your Father in heaven. So why not start by asking Him for it? Why not lean on Him? How about let's put the pressure on Him for a change? instead of squeezing it out of everybody else. See, the next time your wife disappoints you, instead of getting mad and taking it all out on her, maybe you could just start by going to your Heavenly Father and saying, Father, I'm, I'm feeling lonely now, and I need your help. The next time your friend leaves you or betrays you, instead of just shunning them and pointing fingers at them, you say, God, I, I'm hurt. I've been betrayed. I've been let down. Or you could say, God, my parents, they just, they don't understand. I need your help now. In other words, you just say, God, you're the source for everything that I need. Not all this other stuff and not all these other people. And the problem that I'm having with these people is I'm just not getting what I want or what I need out of them. But you know what? That's okay because ultimately you are the source for what I need. And so I come to you, God. This is what I want. And this is what I'm not getting. Can you help me with that? Now, the temptation is to hear what James says in this verse and think, well, he's over-spiritualizing it. He's just simplifying it. James is just saying, well, psh, you're not getting what you want? Just go ask God for it, and God will give it to you. That's not what he says. In fact, in the next verse, he goes on to explain it, and this is a verse that nobody likes. <laughs> verse 3. He says, when you ask God, you don't receive because you ask with wrong motives so that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. In other words, he's saying, God's not a genie. You know, there's nowhere in Scripture that it, 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 it encourages us to pray, oh, heavenly genie. 
But God has invited us to call him something. He's invited us to call him Father. And see, just like any good father does, sometimes we're going to come to our father and we're going to ask for what we want. And he invites us to do that. God, I need a new husband or a new marriage. I need, a, I need some new kids. I need a new job. I need a better paycheck. And sometimes our good heavenly father is going to come to us and say, no, or not yet. And it's in those moments when you and I, we have to decide whether we really trust that our heavenly father knows what's best for us. Remember, we talked about this last week. I don't know what's best for me, but I have a heavenly father who does know. And I get that may not be the answer that you're looking for, but hey, and trust me on this one. This answer is a whole lot better than spending your life trying to squeeze happiness out of people and situations that were never meant to be the source of your life in the first place. This is better. Because let's be honest. You weren't getting everything you wanted out of them either, right? So why not come to the source who knows and who has everything that we need and knows what's best for us? I mean, either way, you're not getting everything you want. But at least with this answer, you can live with the peace and the security of knowing that I'm living underneath the authority of God. He is the source of every good and perfect thing. He will supply all of my needs and all of the wants that I can handle. And he's going to protect me from some of the wants that could end up destroying my life. See, think about this, and you know this is true. You and I, we have lived and outsmarted sometimes. We have manipulated our way into some things that we really, really, really wanted. And then we look back on it later, and we wished we'd never had it in the first place. I mean, you've had those situations in your life. You look at it now, and you say, man, I wished I'd have never gotten myself into that. I didn't know what I was getting into. But at the time, I really wanted it. Some relationships, maybe a marriage, maybe some financial decisions, or some debt you're in, or just a relational situation that you thought you really, really wanted at the time, and you made it happen. You went out, and you got it done, and you got exactly what you wanted. Now you look back on it, and you say to yourself, I wish somebody told me. I wish somebody stopped me, because now I see that was not at all what I needed. And isn't it true that in the end of that, you still weren't full? You still weren't happy? Well, there's a different way. There's a better way. You can come to the God who's the source of every good and perfect gift. And sometimes, your heavenly father, he's going to say yes. Why? Because he's a good father, and he loves to say yes to his children. But at the same time, you can trust your father that sometimes the answer no is the best answer. But even when your father in heaven says no, he's saying no for the same reason that he said yes. Because he loves you. And his grace is enough to get you through whatever it is that you're not getting. See, I just think that's a better way to live. I, I think instead of squeezing life out of people and things and relationships and winding up frustrated and arguing with people all the time and then still not getting what I want at the end of the day, I just think there's a better way. I think I should go to the source who has everything that I've ever wanted and everything that I've ever needed. And he's the one who has the wisdom to know what's best for me even when I don't. And he's the one who loves me enough to give me what's best for me, whatever that might be. So here's my challenge. And I know it's a tough one, but here's, here's what I want us to practice this week. 
Sometime this week, you're going to wind up being frustrated. may even wind up in some type of argument or feeling angry. You're going to catch yourself maybe arguing with somebody out loud or maybe just having one of those internal arguments that we all have with people. You know what I'm talking about? And when you feel that, when you have that frustration, here's my suggestion. When you have that, just stop. Can you just hit the pause button for just a moment and just take a deep breath and just stop and say some words to yourself. You may even need to say them out loud. And, and uh, yeah, I know it'll freak out the people around you, but, you know, that's okay. They'll get over it. But you just say your, to yourself, say these words. It's not you. It's me. I want something, and right now, I'm just not getting what I want. You just say that. I want something, and I'm just not getting it. And then you can just spend a few moments maybe talking it out or just thinking through it. What is that thing that I'm not getting that I want so badly, that I'm arguing and manipulating and trying to control and trying to squeeze out of somebody else right now? What is that thing? And then you just admit that to yourself. That's what I want, and I'm not getting it. And this person, this circumstance, they are not my source for happiness. They are not my source for contentment because I have a heavenly father and he's the source of every good and perfect gift. So I'm going to go to him because I know that he loves me enough to give me exactly what it is that I need, even if it's not what I want right now. You do that this week and it'll change your relational world. It'll change your conflicts because... This is the answer to all the fights, all the quarrels, and all the disagreements in your life. Let me pray for us right now. Heavenly Father, <laughs> it's a privilege to be able to call you that. We come to you as the source of every good and perfect gift. Our Father who knows what's best for us, who cares and who loves us enough to give us what we need, even if sometimes it's not what we want. May we be a people who lean into that, who lean into you. Instead of squeezing out our happiness from all the other people and all the other circumstances that we're, we find ourselves in in life, may we be the people who lean on you, Father. And then we come to you and make our request from you to give us precisely what it is that we need. And we trust and we know that you love us enough to give it to us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, guys, for being here. We'll see you next week for the next part of gym class.